Welcome back to our video podcast, Let's Talk. Today's subject, what an exciting subject. Amen. Dear yeah. to your heart, dear to mine. Amen. The King James Bible. Uh, I guess I would start out with, um, when we think of the King James Bible, is there a controversy? What's the controversy? Um, I think the answer is yes. And, and I say it unfortunately. I think there is a controversy. Right. Um, l- let me just say before I answer the question that when we enter into this arena, uh, you know, we're very cognizant of the fact that, you know, it, it, can, it can be misconstrued. It can come across offensive, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, but, but on the flip side of that is we're not going to apologize for what we believe. Correct. And it's only as contentious as you make it. Mm-hmm. I have no problem if somebody had a different position than I did on the issue. I just disagree with them. Right. And they disagree with me, which, mm-hmm. is, which is fine. Um, there's those in the body of Christ who we, maybe that we would read even mm-hmm. and say, you know, you might get a blessing. Warren Wearsby is a good example. Yes. You know, that we would read that and, and get a blessing. I mean, I may not hold his position mm-hmm. uh, on the Bible, but he's a brother in Christ. Yeah, amen. Yeah. So to your question, what is the controversy, you know, and, and is there one? I think, yes, there is. And I think really it, it revolves around, uh, Pastor Kennedy, where is the final mm. authority? Yeah. Where is the final authority? And I think you have to answer it. I don't think it can be just, well, we don't really know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if God promised to preserve his word, then there, there, there needs to be a final authority. Um, you know, part of the controversy is whether it's this version or that version or whether it's the originals, as some would say. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the Greek. Um, it's the Hebrew, things of that nature. Um, and, and, and I will say this real quick, is that we're not going to, in this brief podcast, get into manuscript evidence and all the minutiae of, you know, the... Yeah, thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah, amen, amen. Uh, so, but we'll, we'll just hit the salient points of the issue, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully get some people thinking, be an encouragement and help to some people. Um, so I think the answer to your question is yes, uh, there is a controversy. The controversy maybe would be where is the final authority? Mm-hmm. Uh, two things that are different are not the same. So if you have one Bible version that says mm-hmm. this yes, and another Bible version that says this and they're diametrically opposed to each other. I mean, we're, we're talking, I could give you a hundred examples where they're not even in the same vein, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. off the wall, mind boggling. And so they cannot, both of them cannot be true. Now, by faith, I happen to believe it's the King James Bible. Right. And I don't plan on apologizing for that. Actually, I, I uh, am confident and I, and I laud that, that truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts in terms of you know, just the controversy as you see it? Well, I think you bring up a very good point. Two things different cannot be the same. So therefore, the natural conclusion that you've got to reach is if you're looking at two things that are different, you get to pick and choose which one's the authority. Who, now, then who becomes the authority? Then who becomes right. the authority? Right. Do I become the authority saying, right. I, I think this is more accurate, I think this is mm-hmm. more accurate? It just lends itself to a slippery mm-hmm. slope. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it may be too easy for some of our, our, our believers, but yeah. um, I open up the King James Bible, I believe it's the Word of God mm-hmm. by faith, and I move yeah. forward along those lines. And to that argument, I would just say this, that people say, well, then you're saying that is the King James. And so are you? No, I think it's just, uh, it's a faith issue. Mm -hmm. You can get into all the anecdotal evidence you want. 
but I think it boils down to a faith issue. And you make a decision as a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need secular history, which is fallible, by the way, mm-hmm. to show me and prove to me that the King James Bible is the Word of God. Uh, I believe it by faith. Now, of course, the argument to that could be people would say, well, then anybody could say, Joseph Smith could say, well, by faith, this is it. And, mm-hmm. and I get that. So mm-hmm. I guess I'll just stand with the King James Bible and believe it by faith and you do what you want. Right. You yeah. know? I mean, if you believe it's the Word of God, the Word of God says it will effectually Amen. work in you. Mm, that's good. Right? If all of a sudden you're reading it and you're, you're thinking, well, maybe that verse isn't true or maybe that word isn't true. Or, or a maybe, better rendering. Or a better render, rendering, exactly. Yeah. So mm, That's good. Um, which lends us to our next question. Why does it matter? Mm. Does it matter? Yeah. I think, I think uh, the answer is, well, why does it matter? I would mm-hmm. say because... This issue that we're talking about today, the the Bible, the Holy Bible, specifically the King James Bible, why does it matter? I think it matters because it's so central to our faith. It's crucial. Listen, if you don't have a Bible that's perfect, inerrant, and infallible, and providentially preserved, then what do you have? So his question, and I think it's a good question, why does it matter? It matters because it's so central to the Christian faith. It's yes. how we grow. Yes. You know, as newborn babes uh, uh, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow, grow thereby. thereby. Yes. So it's how we grow as Christians. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Mm-hmm. So it's crucial. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I, real quick, let me just say this one. You can speak to it. Mm-hmm. Talk about uniformity yeah. and, and you know, why it's so important when it comes to you know, why it matters so much. Talk about uniformity. You know, I'll give an example of uniformity is oftentimes two examples. One, I was at Denny Youth Home and I was, uh, when I was a younger man and I was speaking to some troubled mm. youth. And uh, I opened the Bible up and I said, let's look at the Word of God. And I still remember a young lady, uh, she was over to my right, and she says, how do you know that's the Word of God? Because they all differ. Mm. And so uniformity, especially in Bible study, is very important. Mm -hmm. I've been in Bible studies where they had a myriad of Bible versions, and what happens is they they, they, um, deteriorate into an, uh, a discussion over, well, mine says and mine says. Yeah, what does mine, yours say? Exactly, well, mine says. Exactly. So I appreciate you, Pastor, and, and keeping a stance here at Open Doors where if you're in leadership and you're communicating the Word of God, yeah. it's going to be in the King James Bible. Yep. For the mere fact, now there's more than this. There's more. But for the mere fact of uniformity Amen. in public speaking and teaching. Amen. We're not going to spend 30 minutes arguing about different translations. We're nope. going to take the Word of God and expound that which we know to be true. Amen. And so I think uniformity is huge. That you yeah, if you, we, Sunday mornings periodically I'll have the congregation read the text together. Yes. Well, imagine, I mean, there's 220 Bible translations or more. Uh, and imagine if, if in a church our size, if that many people started reading, I mean, it would sound like the Tower of Babel. Right. So, I mean, uniformity as just one component, obviously there's much more, but it is, uh, uh, sure is a blessing uh, as well. It's very good. And, and to that point, mm-hmm. the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, mm-hmm. God is not the author of confusion. Right. 
And if people are confused, we know this, God's not the author of it. Right. So I think that's a great question and it does matter. It's crucial to our faith. The breed of Christianity today, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, this is my opinion. You can get mad at me if you want, but it's just my opinion. Uh, in the larger scope of Christendom, the breed of Christianity we're seeing today, uh, much different than what you'd seen in years past. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, I think, a byproduct of a Bible that has been watered down. Yes. Uh, and I believe that. That's my opinion. Yes. I think along these lines, before we quickly move to the next point, is uh, one thing that should be brought up along why does it matter, these issues, is the excellency of the King James. Amen. Uh, language in and of itself is in a state of decline. You would agree. I would agree. Yes. Uh, the vernacular of today, trust me, you do not want sure, a Bible Sure, bro, I know what you're talking about. What Thank up, man? You. Right, right. A cosmopolitan Bible yes. or whatever. Yes, yeah. and God, we believe, God in His... Uh, omnipotence yep. saw fit to preserve his word at a time when the English language was at its zenith. Yep. And so the excellency of the language alone, a literary masterpiece. Now we know it's more than that. It's the yep. word of God. But yep. if you're to remove that aspect, it still stands alone as a literary masterpiece. Correct. So why would you want to change that for anything else or mm-hmm. trade that for anything else? You wouldn't. Well, if I was the devil, I would want to do it. Yes. Yeah. So true. And, and, and by the way, just real quick, let me give a little parenthetical here. It's not that Pastor Kennedy and I are not cognizant of all of the arguments on the other side of the issue. And I think good men on both sides can disagree. We're not trying to come at this from a caustic perspective. Where was the Bible before 1611? Right. Uh, you know, is it only for the English-speaking people? And, and all those things can be addressed, and even in future pro- podcasts mm-hmm. uh, that we do. This is kind of, as I mentioned, just uh, hitting a few of the salient points along these lines. But uh, I, I am cognizant of many of the questions, and they're good questions. I have no problem with them. So what would you say if someone say, well, um, uh, did God preserve His Word? Mm. Well, how would you answer that? Well, I would say unequivocally, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a matter of fact, I would take it a step further. In my opinion, if, if God did not preserve His Word, then I believe that He would be a liar mm. because He promised to preserve His Word. I think of Psalm 12, Uh, The Bible says this, Psalm 12, specifically, the words of the Lord, Mm. right, are pure words as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times, which we know is the number of perfection. But it goes on to say this, and this is my favorite part. It's verse 7. It says says this, thou, speaking of God, thou, not man, not the scribes, not anybody, thou, God, shall keep them, right? And he says this, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them. Preserve what? His words from this generation forever. Mm -hmm. Forever. So he either, to your question, Mm -hmm. preserved his word Mm -hmm. or he did not. Correct. That's good. My grandma years ago, she asked me a question. I was witnessing to her and she, she asked about, you know, you know, well, this is the Bible that was written thousands of years ago. How do you know there's not mistakes? Mm. And by the way, that's a good question. There's nothing wrong with that. My response is this. Listen, if God is capable of creating the sun and the moon and the stars 
and the complexity of the human body yes. where we sit here today with your liver and your kidney and your heart to the very retina of your eye. I mean, literally beyond, I mean, you, I don't know how you could be, you have to almost have to be intellectually dishonest mm. to say that not, there's not a divine creator to the Bible, to, to your uh, body. So to your point mm -hmm. and to your question, so if God is capable of creating all of that, uh, do you think he could preserve, does he have the ability to preserve his word in a perfect and errant form? Does he? Yes, yes. I believe he does. Amen. And I think that's a good question. So we'll talk just quickly yeah. about Psalm 12 yes. and verse 7. And, and this is it. just, again, I'm just going to show it yes. real quick. I don't, uh, this is just an example, which is a microcosm of what I believe is a much larger issue. Uh, I could do this literally for 12 straight hours and show you verses, uh, good ones to look at if you want to study it yourself. John 1, 1, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16, uh, over there in Daniel 3, mm -hmm. where, you know, the Son of God appears to Christophany in, mm -hmm. the yep. in the furnace. And it says, appears to be the Son of God. And obviously, many of the new Bibles say a God. Right. Uh, and you go down the line. Isaiah 14 is a good example. You have the Son of the morning, and you have the sun of the morning star. And mm -hmm. to see how that's changed mm -hmm. is, is mind-boggling. Mm -hmm. This one to me, speaking of mind-boggling, yes. Psalm 12, verse 7. I'll read the King James Bible again and show you one example of how crucial it is when it comes to the preservation of the Word of God. So it says, Thou, speaking of God, shall keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. So pretty clear. So here's another Bible version, and here's Psalm 12, verse 7. I think this might be the NIV. Uh, it says this, notice, you, Lord, you, Lord, will keep the needy safe and will protect us forever mm. from the wicked. Mm. So, guys, leave that up there for just a minute, if you would. Mm. Pastor Kennedy, right. that isn't even remotely even close to saying the same thing. Right. They're not. So, a fair question, even if somebody was to say, well, I don't believe the King James Bible is the Word of God. Okay, so... One of these is right, or neither is right, and there's confusion here, mm -hmm. because thou, O Lord, shall keep them and shall preserve them from this generation and forever, certainly isn't to, Lord, you're going to keep the needy, the needy, we're not talking about the needy, we're talking about the King James Bible, safe and protect us forever from the wicked? So the whole, it's not linear, they're, they're the whole general theme of the two passages, which are, by the way, are crucial to the proof of the preservation yes. of the scriptures, yes. are gone, yes. totally removed. And if I was the devil, that'd be the first thing I'd do, is yes. I would attack the word of God like he did in Genesis 3. Yes. Yea, hath God said? The first thing the devil did yes. was attack mm -hmm. the word of God. So, great question. Yeah, I like your thought along these lines. And like Pastor said, we, we could, folks, listen, we could go through verse after verse. The scary thing is, and you touched on it, it's not just any verses. Mm. It's almost like it's um, orchestrated. It's verses attacking deity of Jesus Christ. Yep. It's, 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 it's doctrines. Blood, at blood atonement. Blood atonement. It's no wonder we're seeing a generation raising up that does not know Bible doctrine. And so the it, doubting really of the Word of God. Yep, yeah. and doubting the Word of God. Yep, it, it's, it's, it's more of a problem than even this podcast can let on, and we're both passionate about it. So like Pastor said, maybe we'll have more. Um, what is the argument behind all of the hmm. new Bible versions? What is their argument for having them? Well, I guess it depends on who you talk to. Mm -hmm. 
So your question, what's the argument? What's the reasoning behind it? You can get into the copyright issue. You can get into the money issue, which I won't in this podcast, but I will say this. Uh, the argument behind all the new Bibles, and maybe you've heard this before. Mm. Well, they're easier to read. I've said it. <laughs> yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you my testimony. Yeah, later, I want to hear that. Yeah. Um, easier to read. Okay, mm-hmm. Let me just, let me say this if I can about that. Mm-hmm. Here's my response to this issue. So 30 seconds, I'll explain to you the logic behind that argument. Well, the new Bibles are just easier to read. You know, the these and the thous are gone, whatever, and you can get into a myriad of things. Yes. Okay. So, so time out for a minute. So you're going to look me in the eye with a straight face and tell me that it's easier to read, so therefore we're going to change them. When the last I checked, the Bible makes it crystal clear, not ambiguous at all, that John, in John 16, that the Holy Spirit of God, mm-hmm. which is given to us, one of His jobs is to take the things of Christ and reveal Amen. them Amen. unto us. Yes. Uh, I mean, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, neither can he know them. They're spiritually discerned. So the Bible's spiritually discerned. So the argument that new Bibles are easier to read, mm-hmm. Pastor Kennedy, mm-hmm. is, is a fallacy. And I'll tell you why. What you're saying to me is that when you're reading the Bible, that you're deriving things from your own intellect. Well, mm. you know, my, my education level is going to be uh, correlated to... Listen, that is not true. If the Holy Spirit is your teacher, it doesn't make any difference. I won't get into the flesh Kincaid uh, reading levels mm-hmm, of sure. the different Bibles, which is a whole other issue in itself. Mm-hmm. But the Holy Spirit's the teacher. You don't yeah. need, you know, uh, my grandpa who... <laughs> wasn't even a you know King James guy per se as far as knowledgeable in the subject, but he'd read it. He said to me, I read these other Bibles, it's like shaving with a butter knife. Mm. I mean the cut is gone, the bite is gone. Yes. You know, look at all the revivals. Look at we won't even get into this podcast, the byproducts mm-hmm. uh, and the revivals and all the things that have happened as a result, the Great Awakening and what have you. Um, so anyway, having yes. said that, uh, to answer your question, mm-hmm. uh, the Holy Spirit's the teacher. Yeah, amen. I know we only yeah. got a couple minutes left. Yeah. Forgive me for going a little bit no, long in this good. podcast. So uh, I want you to share briefly that testimony, if you would, about sure. that issue. Yeah, so uh, when I first got saved, got saved here at Open Door Baptist Church, and and uh, I went home and told my family. They were eating at the dinner table, my sister and her husband and, and their kids. She was she got saved before me. She jumped mm. up. We went. She said, "I want to buy you a Bible." So we mm. went down to the local bookstore. Not yep. even in, not even around anymore. Unfortunately, such is the way of things go. And uh, I, she said, "What Bible you want?" So I'm standing in front of all these Bibles. <laughs> right. And right. I just got saved. I only know Easter Bunny and Christmas right. trees. I don't know nothing. Right. 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 So what comes out of my mouth? Right. I want one easy to read like yours. Which, by the way, makes sense for to those me. listening. It's makes sense. It's a common yep. thing. Yep. So I have this, and I show up the following. It was actually on a Thursday night. I showed up again, and I opened my Bible, and I'm trying to follow the uh, Pastor Blue, and um, and I can't follow him. Right. The words aren't even lining up. Yep, yep. I'm so sorry. I can't even follow him. And next thing you know, I've got a brother in Christ next to me, leans over and says, you know, if you want a Bible that's, that's easier to follow him, here's one in the pew, reached up, hand me one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I followed it. Fine, great. Yep. 
Well, to your point on the really the next one that we're mm. going to talk about is yep. how we should handle it. Mm. So this kind of catalysts into our next question, how should we handle it with other believers, is uh, if he would have handled that differently. Yep. I have no ties to this church. I have no emotional ties to these church. I have, I have one friend, uh, a couple friends in the church, but that's yep. about it. Yep. Uh, I've been there twice. I've been saved two weeks. Yep. But I have a $125 Bible given to me of my sister who loves me. That was an NIV or what? NIV. Yep. So if he would have said, you got a devil Bible, you got, it's corrupt and all of this stuff at that moment in yep. time, I would not be where I'm at today as, because of that. Probably, he handled it I'm the guessing, right way. He handled it the right way. And mm. so important it is. Which lends us to the last no, one. No, no, I don't want you to go that. I, oh. <laughs> I want him briefly. I know we're just, to give us just one or two more minutes. I want him to tell, just to show you the polar side of it. Yes. I don't think he was going to say it. How, how it can work on the flip side. What did you do after you got a hold of the King James Bible and you found out a little bit more and you saw that? But what did you do? Just tell us 30 seconds. 30 seconds is I went to her house and tried to let her uh, read some material and I told her how she had a devil Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so a guy handles it gracefully with him. He goes over there and tells his sister who was rejoicing he was saved that she had the yeah. devil's Bible. Yeah. And by the way, yeah. that drew, drove a wedge in their family for some time. Yeah, for a little bit until, you know, luckily not too long. By the grace of God, the Holy Spirit does his work. Amen. And um, my sister is a better Christian than I am. She's a yeah. good lady. Yeah, amen. And I went back and I got that thing straight. Yep. I said, listen, I still believe what I believe. Yep but how I handle it is yep. extremely wrong. That's very good. And I think that's yep. helpful to folks. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not trying to beat anybody over with a, uh, the head with a stick. Yep. Pastor Blue used to say, when people come to Open Door, I don't care if they walk in here with the Sears catalog. I'm glad that they're here. Meaning that, you know, you want to meet people where they are. And part of that is just preach the truth. Love people, have so grace. Good. Which leads to your last question. Yes, and that is how should we approach the subject with others? Well, I think the answer is this. Let your speech be with grace, seasoned with salt. Mm -hmm. Have compassion, have grace. Knowledge puffs up. Don't be a self-righteous, cantankerous Christian. Yeah, that's so good. Um, you want to make sure you handle it the right way. And I know this is a weighty subject, uh, I know that we didn't deal with all the questions that we'll, you know, we'll go, go through and come our way. I get that. That that's, that wasn't the purpose for this. Uh, we'll do more in the future. I've done six-week series multiple times in the last 15 years of preaching on why the King James Bible in detail with the anecdotal evidence, with the two lines of Bible, all the way to the 200 translations, uh, 220 translations, to blah, 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 blah. I, mm -hmm. I've done that. Correct. Um, and we sit here today. I have no apologies that I believe the King James Bible mm -hmm. is perfect, inerrant, providentially preserved. It changed my life. Amen. It changed your Amen. life. There's power in that book. Mm -hmm. This book changed my life. And so I don't make any apologies for being a King James Bible, but I also want to make sure I have grace with people. And I think, hey, the answer is this. Stand for it, mm -hmm. right? Yep. But dip the sword in honey, have some grace with people. Yep. Yep. And people will come along at their own time. Correct. Right? Amen. And they'll, they'll reach their own conclusion yep. if they're Agreed. taught the right things. I agree. 
Well, we went a little long on this podcast, so thank you very much for being patient with us. We try to keep them around 15 minutes. We could have went for 50 more hours on this subject. Uh, so again, thanks for that. Appreciate it. Uh, don't forget, if you would, uh, share this with folks. Uh, tune in every Wednesday, 10 a.m., and uh, Lord willing, get a blessing from the podcast. All right, God bless you. Thank you God so much, you. Pastor Kennedy. Thank you. And thank you. God bless you.